0: While sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's begin. Hey everyone, this is Stefan from ProjectLifeMastery.com, and today I'm super excited to introduce you guys. To someone who's made a massive impact in my life over the last 14 years. His name is Evan Pagan, and Evan is a successful entrepreneur and investor who's built 10 different online brands and businesses to the million-dollar level. He just came out with a brand new book called Opportunity, which is what we're going to be talking about in today's interview. So Evan, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time for joining me today.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Now, before I dive into this interview, I want to first uh, share with you, Evan, and also the people that are watching this, my audience, the story about how you impacted my life. Uh, about uh, 14 years ago, I was 17 years old. I was very shy. I didn't have any confidence, and I was in a very dark place in my life, and uh, I came across – I don't even know how uh, – an ebook called Double Your Dating by David D'Angelo, which is Evan's pen name, and I remember reading this book. And my mind was blown. I didn't really know much about self-development at the time. Um, I was just had such a negative mindset. But that book really opened me up. It made me realize that I could change, and that I could be whoever I wanted to be. And it just created new opportunity, new possibilities in my life at that time. And I remember printing out that that book, that PDF file, and uh, I read that book 14 times, just over and over and over again, just to try to internalize it and live it in my life. And uh, I was subscribed to your newsletter. I mean, I got all the different video training products that you released from the advanced series to the mastery series to, uh, in, you know, in the inner game series to on being a man, uh, all the different products there. And then once you started teaching as Evan Pagan online business, I went through your altitude program, your wake up productive program, and all the different trainings. When I was thinking back before doing this interview, you've, you know, it was a tipping point in my life. You've really you know, allowed me to grow and become who I am today. I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for you, Evan. So I just want to publicly thank you, acknowledge you for that, and just let you know, and also my audience know, uh, how much you've meant to my life and, uh, continue to mean in my life. And I'm honored to have a chance to be able to interview you.
1: Thank you. It's nice to meet you. It's, uh, it's nice to have that acknowledgement. Thank you.
0: Great. So I'd love to maybe, um, jump in by having you share with my audience a little bit about yourself, your story. How did you get into, uh, online business and the success that you now have today.
1: <laughs> do you want the one minute, the three minute, the seven minute? <laughs> which version of the story uh, you know, do you we've want?
0: It's got a bit of time, maybe a, a five minute story, the
1: five minute. Okay. Um, well, I've got a lot of um, kind of past lives. I've been through, uh, I don't know. I've just, I've had an interesting life so far. Um, I, you know, my parents were hippies from New York and they moved out to Oregon when I was a baby because they heard that was a good place to raise kids, right? They just got on a plane and, and went there. And so I grew up in the boondocks in the backwoods of Oregon, and I didn't really have any success role models. Um, I was a long haired rock and roll guitar player. I worked in a metal shop. I made jewelry. I gave guitar lessons. I dropped out of high school. Then I went and got a GED and I you know went to a local college. And I dropped out of college to go on tour with a rock band. So that was kind of my, my starting point there. And uh, in my early 20s, I was 22 when I finally decided that rock and roll wasn't going to pay the bills. You know, at my, at my height, I was making $75 a week as a guitar player and that, you know, that wasn't working. And so I reasoned that rich people seem to have either made their money in real estate or had had their money in real estate. And so I got a real estate license and I went into real estate and, um, you know, so here I am with my two door Camaro, you remember those eighties Camaros and I had my ponytail and I'm trying to convince people to buy real estate and that wasn't working out. I sold one and a third homes my first year in real estate and made, you know, less money than I was making at my manual labor job. And so I said, okay, I've got to, I got to figure this out. I got to learn something here. So I started listening to self-help courses and I started learning about sales and marketing. And, um, I won't, you know, I won't go through all of the different lessons, uh, there, um, you know, we can dive in anywhere that you want later, but bottom line is when I discovered direct response marketing and I learned that you could create a message and then send it out to people or put it in a magazine or. Uh, you know, later put it online and get people to respond and that 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 marketing piece could go and do the selling for you. I mean, I was sold because selling, you know, like knocking on people's doors or calling them up. This emotionally can be very challenging. And uh, and then when I was in my late 20s, I had finally gotten a good job. I moved to California. I was working with a real estate training company and I was kind of learning about how business worked. And I got a nice car and I got a little apartment on the beach, but girls wouldn't talk to me. And so I thought, OK, wait a minute. You know, I, I finally got the thing. I thought, you know, I'm doing well. I got the nice car and the little apartment on the beach. And, uh, and then I said, OK, I have to figure out this thing with with dating and uh, with meeting women. And so I started making friends with guys that were really good at just meeting girls and getting dates. I started going to seminars and reading books. And most of the stuff that I learned from the kind of the self-help world and from the seminars and the gurus, It was very hit and miss. A lot of it felt weird. Some of it was like manipulative. Um, but but by making friends with guys, really diverse guys from different walks of life who really got it. Um, I was able to pick this up. And after a few years, I got an amazing girlfriend and I finally had confidence in this area. But as I was learning, all my friends were asking me, you know, for tips about meeting girls, and other guys were, and I could see, okay, this is a real opportunity. And so I took what I'd learned about dating and I took my my marketing knowledge, and then a friend of mine showed me how to do ebooks and Uh, put them online and I launched this book and it took off and it was my first really big success. And that was double your dating. As you mentioned, I wrote with the pen name, David D'Angelo, built that business to, you know, tens of millions of dollars a year, had other teachers teaching dating and relationship advice. Then uh, about 10 years ago now in 2007, eight, uh, I did my first, you mentioned the altitude course. I did uh, a high-end entrepreneurial course for entrepreneurs who wanted to grow their businesses to the $10 million a year level and beyond because we had a really successful business. And I had really been a student and learning and taking a lot of notes and, you know, again, helping other people build their businesses and in their lives and seeing, ah, I've been learning some things and it really works. And uh, and just launched coaching programs and now I've taught, you know, tens of thousands of people and entrepreneurs all around the world how to succeed. Um, Started going to the Burning Man Festival, ran into a a woman there kind of serendipitously who became my wife. And now we have a little daughter who just turned five. And so now I have a family and, um, we spend most of the time, you know, more than half of the year, probably, I don't know, probably seven or eight months of the year, the last few years on average traveling, living in different parts of the world. And my wife is a love coach. Um, and I, you know, have these virtual businesses. And so we've been living this virtual lifestyle and, uh, and a lot of other things too, but that's, you know, that's maybe the five minute version.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. And I I know you also have a lot of employees, but you don't have any office space. Everything is virtual. Do You want me yeah. sharing a little bit about why you decided to go in that direction? Because that, that's something that traditional businesses, that's never been a possibility. And, um, yeah. you know, you've, you know, created an amazing virtual team and lifestyle for yourself.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, we started in 2001 and I started my business, you know, in the proverbial bedroom with the computer and it was just me and it really worked for me. I really liked having my freedom. And even though I worked a lot, it was exciting and it was interesting. And I would roll out of bed in the morning and, you know, right into my chair and check my stats on my, you know, on my sales and things. I mean, you know, we've all been there. Um, and then as I started building the business and hiring other people, I hired my first virtual assistant, you know, my friend Dean Jackson, who had originally showed me how to do eBooks in the first place he showed me the site that was then called Elance and I went on there and I hired a woman that came to work with me 20 hours a week for $6 an hour. And so for $6 an hour for $120 a week, I freed up 20 hours of my time that I was doing customer service and refunds and you know, whatever else. And then I hired another one. And in fact, uh, Denise, who was the second person that came to work with me, she's now my business partner in the uh, in the W dating business. Um, you know, she's worked with me for over 15 years now and uh it just grew it it happened organically you know i wish i could say that there was some master plan to build this big virtual you know operation but i liked my freedom i liked being able to walk out the door anytime i wanted and you know if i wanted to go do something during the day or if i wanted to work when i was more creative you know i was more of a night person at that point um and we eventually got to over 70 full time people you know all working 100% virtually from different parts of the country and different parts of the world since then, my business has changed. I've broken my business into different pieces, and I've taken on partners, and I have different business units, and I've started investing in technology companies and things. And so, I have a different, a different model. But to this day, everyone still works from home, no office.
0: Amazing. Now, I know you've been at this for I think over twenty years now, and uh, when you first got started, um, I mean, the internet just wasn't what it is today, and it's obviously evolved in many different ways. Do You mind sharing? You know, what have you seen as the biggest changes? from when you first got started to where it's at today. And I want to kind of segue that into talking about the opportunity, what you see as the opportunity uh, moving forward for someone that already has an online business or someone maybe that's just getting started looking at this and trying to figure out, you know, is it too late for them to get in and what's the potential of starting a business today online?
1: Yeah. So I started my first online business in 2001. All right. So I, I guess now I've, you know, I've been around the block a few times and I continue to start, online businesses pretty regularly and partner or invest in in companies that do um, the biggest difference you want to know the biggest difference like what's the progress what's what's changed since then well everything's a lot more organized um, you can do things much quicker and more efficiently now um, there are more people online and that has benefits and you know I mean you know back when I started, you'd had to really go and look to find customers. You had to get creative about, you know, because there were a lot fewer people online and it was just harder to people do a lot of different things. To buy with,
0: things online back then.
1: To just figure out how to set up a shopping cart page right. that worked was like a whole process, you know, or like to, a member's area was, I mean, you know, a lot of custom, you have to hire programmers and, and whatever. So now it's neat because instead of taking weeks or months to build a website, you know, you can go get a template, you can set it up, you can have something beautiful. Good friend of mine, Joe, who was just out helping me with my videos. He's worked with me for years. He was showing me a website that he built for himself and he said he went and signed up for one of these website builders. And in a few hours, he had this beautiful website, you know, from scratch and it's basically free. That kind of thing is so cool. Uh, you know, before the internet, you had to get a store, you don't have a storefront and invest a bunch of money and lease the thing for five years and put a hundred thousand dollars worth of, you know, whatever. And now you can just set up a business. It's, it's amazing how much quicker and easier that it is to do. Um, biggest changes. Um, well, you know, on the one hand you've got things like search has matured, you know, social has now matured and become very prominent. Um, but the fundamental, like the underlying factors of kind of the principles, principles of running a successful business, they have not changed. And many people that I know who started businesses then are still doing very, very well right now. And a lot of new people are starting businesses and and doing, doing well too. One of the things I'm concerned about is so many people aren't really taking this seriously. They're not realizing that the future is The online world the future of business all businesses are either going to be online or have a component that runs online And people aren't taking it seriously and they're not learning the basic marketing skills the basic business skills it's um, Not learning these things is going to be it's gonna be like not being able to speak the language or something in the future Mm -hmm.
0: Now in your book uh, opportunity, which I'm about halfway through and I'm, I'm loving it so far because it's actually really getting me excited and I, I love you know you mentioned um, some futurists in the book like Peter Diamandis and Kurzweil, and um, I love your whole you know the, the mindset you have and approach around opportunities that are out there. And I think a lot of people may be listening and watching, they don't really know like what is what is coming. Like they don't realize how big everything and how technology exponentially is just growing and making it easier and easier for all of us um, in order to be able to to grow and scale. Do you mind sharing what you see as um, the opportunity opportunity of just uh, the online business world moving forward over the next 10 or 20 years.
1: Yeah, what's what I like about what's happening um, and it's not perfect. I mean, there are a lot of challenges and a lot of people are feeling left behind. But what I really like about it is. You know, if you lived in a town like I grew up outside of Eugene, Oregon, OK, this is a town of like 100,000 Maybe 150,000 or something at the surrounding area. Um, a lot of people who live in cities or outside of cities. Some people live in bigger cities. But in the past, if you wanted to start a business, essentially you had to start a that like that was your customer base. You know, when I was giving guitar lessons, I had to go and try to find people that were in my local area to give guitar lessons to. Now, if I want to give guitar lessons, I can go online and I can find three and a half billion people that are connected to the internet. And I can pull from all different areas and I can pull from all over the world. But more importantly, if I want to give guitar lessons, I can figure out what kind of guitar player I am and what kind of guitar player I uniquely want to be and what my, what I bring to the guitar. And then I can go find other people that are interested in just that, that way of playing guitar, that style of playing guitar, um, or maybe who are interested in that type of guitar And I can find that group of people and bring them all together so we can create in a lot of ways we can, if we can get in touch with our unique personality type, what our gifts are, learn about who, like who we really are, we can then go and create a perfect job for ourselves, like, you know, quote unquote job, we can create perfect work for ourselves where We're doing something that we're made for and that we love and we're working with people that we really enjoy working with so that the work becomes something that grows us, you know, the work that I do now, um, like writing the opportunity book, for example, it's a really interesting topic to me. I saw this pattern. I recognized it. I really got it maybe a couple of years ago. And then I locked onto it. Now for the last year, I've been writing this book and I have put a lot into it. But it's fun for me. It's really interesting to think about and write about these topics. And so I get to be here with you talking about something that's really interesting to me. And if, you know, if this was back home in Eugene, that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be able to connect to people all around who are interested in this topic. And so the the thing that's, uh, I don't know, the most exciting and the coolest is that we can find things that really work for us. We can go on the online and we can learn new skills. We can learn 10 times as fast as we could before a hundred times as fast. We can develop ourselves and then we can use our kind of our unique gifts to create value for other people.
0: Do you mind maybe sharing with people how you define opportunity? Um, You know, what does that mean to you? Why did you decide to write this book and why should people be more interested in, in seeking more opportunity in our lives? Yeah. Well, opportunity is changing.
1: Okay. Opportunity is changing very fast we're moving into a time of exponential change. You know, you mentioned Ray Kurzweil, he talks about the law of accelerating returns. Uh, I call it the great acceleration. And we're finally at a time where you can see the, the acceleration of change happen in the past. You couldn't really see it real time. Now, like if you get a new mobile device, it's faster. Like it just, you know what I'm talking about? Like you get it and you go, wow, this is faster. This thing works better. The software is better. It, it, Understands what I'm saying to it now now it understands not just the words, but it understands what I mean (laughs) Now it's doing all kinds of things like whoa so we can we can start to get a sense of how fast uh, evolution is uh, is changing and if you're also Studying this in your life and your business You're starting to realize that these tools can be used to grow your business to create products and services to meet new customers to do lots of things so Because of that, and because of the multiplication, and because now we have access to each other, we now can connect to anybody we want essentially online, we can go find customers in different niches, this is creating an explosion of opportunity. Um, A lot of people aren't experiencing an explosion of opportunity. They're saying, where is all this opportunity? Well, one access point might be to think about options. Okay, start with options. Think of how many more options you have right now than you had just recently, like how many more options you have for food to eat or places to go or places to travel to or, you know, entertainment to watch or people to meet or groups to join or education to get. Just think about how many more options those are. And uh, and now realize that each of those in a way is an opportunity and that when you start combining them and you start combining and connecting these things together and connecting them with what you're uniquely good at that makes for, it's just a huge explosion of opportunity. And it's only going to get even more massive as we move into the future. The next few years, the next five, 10 years are going to be extraordinary. Um, and I mean, you know, you, you meet, meet people all the time. I mean, these digital nomad types of folks who, you, you know, they've taken something that they're passionate about and they're traveling and they're living in different places and they're teaching people or they're doing workshops or they're coaching. Um, we've never been able to have these designer lifestyles like, like we have right now. Yeah. You know, And that's a big opportunity,
0: I think, for all of us. For sure. Yeah. I, I, th- I feel we're really blessed because it's an opportunity that we have that maybe our parents or grandparents didn't have before us. Um, let me ask you, there's a lot of people that they could have an opportunity right in front of them, maybe an opportunity to change their life, to grow a business, to create the freedom. But not everyone takes that opportunity like you and I have. Um, a lot of yeah. people, maybe they have barriers, uh, mental barriers or mindsets that hold them back. What do you see as the biggest things that prevent people from taking action and just really taking advantage of different opportunities? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I'm thinking you had asked me a moment ago about defining opportunity. I th- can I answer that question? And then this one as well, cause I think they go together. Yep. So the dictionary defines opportunity as a favorable juncture of circumstances, right? And so that's a, it's an interesting way of thinking about it. And that's the connotation I think most of us have favorable junk, juncture of circumstances, kind of this, this happy coincidence. And then boom, I get some opportunity here. It's like walking down the street and you see some money, you know, someone just dropped it. I don't know who they are. There it is. It's an opportunity. I'm going to, I'm going to get some money. Um, there are, you know, on wall street opportunity is really thought of as like arbitrage where you can buy something maybe in one market A Stock and then sell it in this other market because there's a mismatch in price and you get to make the difference and because that happens instantly It's like a risk-free profit, you know So some people think of opportunity as an arbitrage type situation where I can just gain some value without having to risk anything Right, and that's a that's a nice way to do it as well. It's a nice way to uh, have opportunity Um, The etymology of opportunity is from a a Latin word opportunus and This is uh, the condition. It's a metaphor when a ship was sailing and there was like wind in its sail and it was in harbor and it could see the port that it was sailing toward. That was when it was in a state of opportunists, right? It's when you're positioned so you can see where you're going, you can see the outcome. And when you can see it, that activates all kinds of like pre reward centers inside of us. It's like in a video game where you see the, the little prize that you could go and get, you get a jolt of, you know, kind of neurotransmitters and you get, get some emotion to go get it. So opportunity has this powerful effect on us. And I think that by, by really thinking about what opportunity is and how it impacts us, we can, we can do, do much better. You know, to me, opportunity is really about potential value. It's a place in life where there's a value that you could realize for yourself, some value you could get, whether that's moving towards something you want or away from something you don't want. Right. And when you, when you're looking, when you're on the lookout for this throughout all domains of your life, your personal life, your relationship life, your business life, and when you realize that you're gonna be getting so many more of these things in the future, there are gonna be so many more options, and that you need to be able to sort them and filter them, right, this can be kind of enlightening. So then you talked about um, barriers, I think, things like what what prevents prevents people. people.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, what prevents people. Um, Inside the book, uh, if you're halfway through, you, you went through this section already, I dedicate a pretty good chunk to emotions because I think that in a lot of cases, it's our emotions. Emotionally, we feel emotions like fear and envy, fear of missing out, you know, FOMO, um, even jealousy. Some of these emotions, they are running the show and when they come up, they put us into a state where we can only think about the present and we can only think about avoiding something going wrong, you know? So as an example, Uh, you know, as you read in the book, one of the things I recommend is never make any decision about an opportunity when you're in fear. You just can't do it because when you go into fear, it shuts down the executive center in your brain. You stop thinking strategically. You actually can't think. You can't be in your highest self. You can't think long term. You can't think consequentially very well. You're just thinking about preventing loss. And if you're making decisions to prevent loss, you're usually cutting yourself off from a lot of opportunity in the future. And so learning to manage your emotions, I think, is very important. And if you find yourself in fear uh, or overwhelm or what I call opportunity shock, too many opportunities, they just kind of put you into a state of shock. Don't make a decision about your opportunity there. Go for a walk. Take some breaths. Just notice notice that you're in fear or notice you're in overwhelm or notice you're feeling FOMO. You know, everybody's getting into blockchain and cryptocurrency and FOMO is freaking everybody out. If you find yourself there, don't press the button. Don't do the thing breathe until you've come out of that state and until you can see reality a little bit more clearly and then come back and and make a decision about opportunity
0: do you have a certain process that you personally do to evaluate the different opportunities that are being presented to you so i know in your circumstance you probably have a lot of investment opportunities business opportunities you know and it's very easy to get overwhelmed and i'd love to just maybe hear from your perspective how do you evaluate opportunities To decide which is the best one for you to pursue. Sure. Well, to me, there are some basic values that I have in
1: life. I've tried to kind of boil it down to get at the essence of what helps me have a life that I like living more. What, you know, where do I feel happy and where do I feel healthy and energetic and where there's meaning and fulfillment purpose and all these kinds of things. And, you know, so maybe a, a basic value for me would be energy. I like having high sustained energy. Another one might be, uh, a feeling of satisfaction with life. You know, another one might be being in a state of love or harmony in my family. Um, another one might be learning, um, and having meaning or evolving and growing, you know, or being on my purpose or making a big contribution. So some of these are mine. And I've thought about these over, over time to try to get at the essence of like, what really, when I do this thing, I feel like I'm living a better life. Like I'm I'm living, I'm, you know, I'm on my mission. I'm on purpose. I'm doing what I'm here uh, to do. And so it, when you're clear about your values, when you're clear about what's important to you, then opportunities start to make sense. It acts as a context that are around the opportunity. Because if you're just looking at an opportunity in isolation and you're saying, okay, is this a good opportunity? But you're not asking, does it fulfill any of these important values that I have in my life? It's very easy to get you know, overly excited or fearful and make a decision based on the wrong criteria. Um, so a couple of things here, right? Warren Buffett says the most important criteria when you're making a decision about an investment or in this case about opportunity is opportunity cost. And the opportunity cost is all the other opportunities that you're not taking advantage of. right? So when most people are thinking about making an investment and this happens you know, all the time I'm talking to people who are thinking about making an investment and they're like, heaven, what do you think about this investment that I'm going to make in this company or in this stock or in this, you know, cryptocurrency or whatever it is that they're uh, investing in. All right. And I can just tell right immediately by the way that they're talking that it's not being compared to three or four or 10 other possible ways to use that time, effort, energy and money. And because there's no context for it, there's no good decision to be made. It's either kind of a yes or a no. And so opportunity cost is very important. And when you know your values and you know what the other opportunities that you have, then you can make a better decision. I'll give you a technique here. Um, This is something that I share in the book. Um, Part of the challenge that we're all starting to face now, and we're going to be facing a lot more in the future, right? I mentioned um, this opportunity shock, this exponential increase in options and opportunities that we're going to have, is when you have opportunities that are in different realms, and you have to make a decision between those. Making a decision between two or three investments is relatively easy. You could do one of the models. I give a bunch of mental models in the book, you know, return on investment. You could do different types of models to analyze like what do I think the payoff of this opportunity is going to be? Those aren't as interesting to me as, you know, one of the ones I've I don't know it's just come up for me a lot lately is um you know, I'm sitting in my little office and I'm getting a big download about something. I'm typing or I'm writing something important, an important part of the book. You know, one of them getting a big, like, big insight about like the nature of the universe. And I'm typing and I'm writing, and then all of a sudden I hear a little pitter patter of little feet, and my four-year-old, then four-year-old daughter walks up behind me and she's like, you know, Dad, come play with me. You know, and grabs my hand. And it's, you know, or or the the tough one is, Dad, I'm hungry. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I've got a hungry daughter, and but I'm in the middle of this, you know. So how do you decide in that moment which of those things you're supposed to be doing, you know? Uh, Or you know, let's say that another example is, you know, let's say you get invited, some friends say, "Hey, let's go play sports today," and you say, "Okay, cool, that sounds kind of fun. Like, you know, that'll get my energy up, my physical fitness. I'd like to hang out with my friends." But then you know, that night you also get an option to go out on a date with someone that's really attractive to you and you've been feeling lonely lately and you're thinking, you know, that would be great to have a relationship. And, you know, this person is maybe very promising. And then at the same time, maybe, you know, in your business, uh, something shows up where you could go to work on a new product for your business and you could spend that time creating a product that you could launch and make a bunch of money. How do you compare between those worlds? How do you deal with that? And that is what we're going to be dealing with a lot more in our lives. We're going to have to figure out how to, how to manage that kind of thing. So what I recommend is to come up with like a universal internal currency that you can use to, to compare opportunities to each other, particularly from different dimensions or different domains, like the go play sports with friends or go on the date with, you know, a potential mate or, you know, launch the new product for, for example. And, uh, the, the fundamental, like the, the common denominator of the model is asking what is going to grow me the most in my life and lead me to become the most actualized version of myself, right? So if you look at Maslow's pyramid, right, he's got self-actualization is up at the top at the end of his life. You know, he said self-transcendence, but it's like self-actualization. So what's self-actualization? It's you becoming the most that you can become. You know, if you look at an acorn, what is an actualized acorn? It's an oak tree. You know, so if you're an acorn right now, what does your life look like when you're an oak tree? What do you look like physically? What do your relationships look like? What do you look like emotionally? What do you look like uh, you know, in terms of learning and who you are in the world and your purpose and you know all of these kinds of things, The more clear you can get like what your real potential is, like who you could be, and then the more you think from that perspective, what helps me get closer to that? I think the better you get at choosing which opportunity is going to be the one that grows you the most and that fulfills you the most in the long term. Too many people I know are making decisions like just about money. Like everything is just money, money, money. I I know people in my life that for 10 or 20 years, I keep getting back, you know, I'll see them. I haven't seen them for a while. We get together. They're talking about the latest thing they're doing and the money that they're making, but they've neglected all the other parts of their life and there's, you know, they're not happy or, you know, I went through the dating thing for a lot of years and sometimes I'll see guys that you know, that I knew back then. And they're talking about the latest like pickup lines that they've got. And, and it's, you know, a a part of me like says, weren't didn't, weren't we doing that so that we could figure that out and then like find a mate and then go work on some other part of our lives, you know, so we can get overly identified with one thing that we're doing. So what I recommend is uh, this idea, I call it holistic actualization points. Okay. Holistic actualization points or HAPS for short, H-A-P-S. It's the first letter of holistic actualization points. HAPS is the word that my wife uses to describe when she's feeling happy inside. So I kind of named it after her. So what you want to ask is how many HAPS on a scale of one to 10, you just kind of give it a rating. How many HAPS will this thing give me? How many holistic actualization points? From right now, if I were to guess Like on a scale of one to 10, how much is this going to contribute to me becoming that version of me that I'm really going to be happy about becoming, you know, at the end of my life, going out with your friends, you know, you might look at that and say, yeah, I could go out with my friends, but we go out and play sports quite a bit and I'm actually in pretty good shape and I'm feeling pretty good right now. You know, this idea of going on a date, I am pretty lonely and wow, this person does seem like someone, you know, this, gosh, this is a, this is a good opportunity for me you know, maybe the going out and playing sports is like a two or a three out of 10 in terms of, you know, that my actualization as a person, maybe this date has a potential for like eight or nine out of 10 and then launching a new product. You know, let's say that your business is going pretty well and you're like, yeah, okay. You know, I could launch a new product, but I can kind of do that anytime my business is doing all right. Maybe that's like a three or a four. Then quickly, now you've got a framework where you can say, all right, this is a three, that's a four, this is an eight or nine you know what? This is a much bigger opportunity for me. And what you'll find in your life is when you do the things that are not in your typical kind of strength domain, not the place where you're strong in the world, go to work on those areas and they will multiply your, your feeling of success. If you're, for example, let's say that you're really successful financially, but your health is not well, right? Life sucks when your health is poor, but you've got a lot of money, you know, or let's say that you're really in great physical shape and you're, you spend all your time working on health and fitness, but your relationships are really poor. Like you just, you don't have a good high quality, uh, romance relationship. Your friendships are not doing well because you're always at the gym, right? Well, going and taking some of that time and building some relationships, spending time with people socially, you know, going on a couple of dates, that's going to, that's going to change how you feel about yourself. So much like a hundred times as much as like, you know, doing a few more reps at the gym, Um, and so, yeah, look to holistic actualization points, look to opportunities that are going to grow you in some way and make you, you know, who you could become. Don't just take up a a business opportunity or an investment because it's going to make you money. Go for the one that's going to grow you as a person.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Awesome technique. Uh, I wanted to ask you about that actually, because you're someone that I've looked up to because you've, you're not just the guy that's just going to teach someone how to make money. You're looking at the holistic approach and how. Uh, I know for yourself, you're interested, I call it life mastery. I mean, you're interested in developing your relationships, your health is important to you, your family life, your businesses, you're a spiritual person. What's been your mindset around that? Because, you know, I see people all the time, they're just focused on money. They don't actually realize that by cultivating those other areas of their life, it will actually help them make more money, but it'll also give them more of that balance and that fulfillment in their lives. And it seems from my observation uh, learning from you from a distance is that you've got really strong balance in your life, and you mentioned you travel six months out of the year. Um, so, what's been your mindset just around developing all those areas of your life? Has just been self-actualization for you, or what's what's been the, the core driver for you?
1: Well, there's a um, there's really it's it's a there's a pragmatic element to it, which is just that the more I work on. Each of the key pieces of my life, the better I feel about myself as a person, the better I feel physically, the better I feel emotionally, the better I feel about my success in the world, the better I feel about my business, you know, all of these things the better. I can learn they um, they're very synergistic. You know, they're very synergistic if, um, you know, the Pareto principle, for example. Right? right. So it's kind of the, you know, the most well-known mental model out there the idea that 80% of your results come from 20% of your effort or, you know, or input. If you go to an area of your life where you're not paying any attention and you just go do like a Pareto principle, 20% or 4%, you just do a little bit. It's like, um, it's like having a car that's amazing, but it didn't have any gas in it. It's like you put a little gas in it and all of a sudden it works a lot. You know what I mean? It works a lot better than if it had no gas at all. Um, You know, one example might be um, Yeah, a way of transmitting this idea I think is so I wake up every morning and one of the very first things that I do is I make a green shake And I've been making these for over 10 years and I keep tweaking and tuning them I'm always adjusting and you know there's like 50 different ingredients in it and I start by filling the blender with all raw organic greens that all have the highest nutrient value and then I put in a whole bunch of other things And, you know, my wife is really picky about flavor. So I have to manipulate the taste with all kinds of, you know, different little tricks and things. And, uh, but to get something that is just the most that has broad spectrum of vitamins and minerals and that, you know, gives you a nice sustained energy. It's been like this fun project for me to create this thing. So I blend this up. I give one to my wife, one to my little daughter. I put another big one in the fridge and I save it for my third meal during the day. I usually have four or five kind of small meals. And my philosophy on this is that I watch how most people eat and most people, I, I get more nutrients in the first shake than most people get through their whole, you know, day of, of eating. And, you know, and I love giving it to my wife and my daughter. They don't have as much as me, you know, cause I'm a little bit crazy about this, but I know that if they drink that shake, they're going to get. A little bit at least of all the things that their body needs to repair itself and to grow and to, you know, make good mental connections and have a, you know, support a healthy emotional system. And even if you just get the minimum, if there was none before, if you weren't getting any or a very, you know, an insufficient amount to just get up to enough to support the whole system, it makes just such a huge difference. So that 20% just getting that little bit in there is so important And I found that the more things you add, kind of like you need a bunch of different vitamins and minerals, the more things you add in your life that are sustaining, like getting some exercise every day or making sure and eating healthy meals or spending social time like one like in person with no screens turned on for big periods of time to work on your happiness. Like it really makes you happy, you know, to to repair if you've got um, wounds or you're fighting with someone or you're having a fight with your partner or you've got old conflicts with people from your life, going back and systematically repairing those things, it takes huge weight off your shoulders. It frees up all of this energy, um, traveling and going and seeing new places. You learn so much about yourself. You see where you're stuck in old ways of thinking or, you know, where you're just kind of culturally myopic. And then you come home and you realize, oh, wow, there's another way of looking at life. There's a different value system here. Um, it's harder. It's, it's harder to, to live this way. You know, it's, um, it's more challenging, but it's more rewarding as well. You know, it's kind of like a great business that you really enjoy where you, you know, you work hard all day doing something you love doing and helping people and you're done at the end and you're like, I'm tired, but you're tired in that, that wonderful way. You know, like if you go on a hike that you really enjoyed and you're like, I'm sore, but God, that was an awesome, you know, feeling of sore. So I, I don't know if that summarizes my philosophy. That's kind of where I'm coming from.
0: That's awesome. Totally agree. Uh, I want to wrap up soon, but there's a few more questions I want to ask. Um, sure. I know you're big into rituals, morning rituals. You created a whole yeah. program, Wake Up Productive. And I, I believe in rituals because it allows me to be at my best every day. It, you know I fill myself up so that I can dominate my business. I can give more to my partner, just give more to the world. And I, I, I really believe in that process. So I'd love to hear from you real quick. What are a few really important things that you do to start off your day to make sure that you're at your best?
1: Yeah. You know, well things have changed a bit since I've become a father. You know, I used to wake up and my first about oh 90 minutes or so was just all me, exercise, meditation, you know, green shake. But now we've got this little daughter and my wife and I we put her our family ritual is we we go to sleep as a family every night. We put her to sleep. Sometimes she and I will stay up for a little bit after that. We're all kind of night owls. But anyway, the point is that We all go to sleep together. So our daughter goes to sleep every night with mom and dad there. And then we typically wake up in the morning uh, together. And so because that now it has this other level of value and I go make green shakes for all of us and, you know, do some other things. So, you know, now it's more about family and getting the green shake. You know, that's kind of, those are my, like my anchor points in a way, um, there, how about this? Since you kind of are into this stuff, maybe I'll tell you a little bit about the cutting edge of what I'm thinking in terms of habits and rituals. Because I'm actually about to create an all-new course that's kind of the next level of uh, of Wake Up Productive. Um, and I'm what I'm calling them is super habits. And a super habit is essentially when you, you learn how to create rituals and habits for yourself. You design the ritual. You know, you do it the same time every day for a month, and then you wire it into your brain once you've created a series of these as you evolve in life and you go through different types of changes you actually have to cha- you have to move them around you have to put them in different parts of your day and so for me exercise now is later in the day right but because i wired it in i can move it around much easier and so the next level is about taking the habits that you've created and the capabilities and reordering them and creating Uh, sometimes I call them energy cycles where you'll do three or four of them in a row that, that create like a double productivity where they multiply the productivity because you're doing something in your business world, you're doing something personally, and then maybe you're doing something socially and you've got them so that all three of them win, right? All three of them kind of go to the next level. Uh, something I've been doing lately, probably the biggest, biggest insight about this whole game that I've learned is, um, I was reading um, Daniel Pink's book, When. And, you know, I try to take, you know, good breaks through the day. But he points out this as part of the um, uh, ultradian rhythm, the daily rhythm, that most really high performers take a a natural break in the afternoon for about two hours. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's very interesting. So usually from like 3 to 5 or 3.30 to 5.30 is kind of mine. So I've been trying to systematically drop that in. So work hard, you know, get, you know, kick some butt in, in the first part of the day while I've got my focus energy and then unplug and not do anything for a couple of hours. Go hang out with my daughter, you know, go for kind of a walk, jog, um, just hang out, take a nap, right? Take a little 20 or 30 minute nap. Just totally unplug from everything. And then energy kind of comes back up around five, five thirty, And then it's another couple of hours of something where I, uh, energy can be focused again. And that's, that's a huge one. I think that that one in the long run is going to be a really big piece of this whole um, equation.
0: Very cool. Um, so i want to wrap up soon, but um, do you mind sharing with people a little bit more about your book Opportunity? Um, I've been, I mentioned halfway through it, been, I mean, anything that you put out, I pretty much devour and consume. And I hope that those that are watching or listening to this will um, take this as a recommendation and get their hands on this book. But Do you want to share with people a little bit about it? Sure. Yeah. After, you know, 20 years now of studying
1: and getting to know hundreds of entrepreneurs, interviewing at least hundreds of millionaires and billionaires, uh, I just, it really all came together for me. It was a couple of years ago. I was thinking about this and I realized what they had in common was they were just better at finding and creating opportunities that that's the, that's really the common denominator of success. If I had to boil it down to something, it was like one of those epiphanal moments, like they're just better at opportunity. And if you think about it, just think in your life about the people you know that are the most successful and then just run this filter and you'll realize they're probably great at finding opportunity, right? And that making a decision and committing to an opportunity, they're like these opportunity manifestors. And so that sent me on a line of thinking. I mean, I've taught this idea a little bit in the past, but I never, it it just clicked like, okay, this is it. And I realized that opportunity is the, is the heart of entrepreneurship. I mean, it's really the heart of successful entrepreneurship, great entrepreneurs, great investors. They can see it. They can spot the opportunities. And then I realized opportunity is going to be exploding for everyone. We're getting confused. I'm meeting people that have so many opportunities, but they're kind of shut down and they feel like they don't you know, have any. So I started writing out some of my ideas for how to find and create opportunity. And, you know, quickly I had dozens of pages. And over the last year, I've now written this book. And tried to take everything that I've learned about success and entrepreneurship and how to manage opportunity in life, and I've put it all into this. I've, I've worked really hard on it. I haven't worked uh, – I haven't really focused myself invested in a, uh, something like this in a long time. And I teach like you know, what opportunity is, where it is, how it's changing, mindsets, frameworks for thinking about it. There's a whole set of mental models for making decisions between different opportunities, choosing the best one, scaling up opportunities. Um, I talk about some of my favorite opportunities in business Um, in the last chapter, which I think you'll enjoy. um, I basically give you a homework assignment where you go and discover your own greatest personal opportunity in your life. All right. And so uh, so that's the book. And uh, while we're doing our launch, we're we're giving them away. I'll send you one. I'll buy you a copy and send it to you. You just pay shipping and handling.
0: Awesome. So I'll give you guys a link. Um, If you guys go to projectlifemastery.com forward slash opportunity, then you'll be directed to uh, Evan's page page where you can get his book for free, as he mentioned, so you can get it shipped out to you for free. Um, All you have to do is just pay for the shipping and handling, which is a pretty amazing deal. I hope everyone watching and listening will uh, take up this offer that he has and uh, get their hands on this book. And then also Evan's got some great bonuses, um, that he's thrown in. He's got a companion guide that goes along with the book, uh, as well. So he's definitely put a lot into this. And, um, I, I, you know, I, anyone listening or watching this, he's made an impact on my life and I believe that Evan can make a a tremendous impact on your life as well. So Evan, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it, my friend. And I look forward to uh, sharing your your message and your story with uh, thousands of people out there.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Take care.